Welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we have Sheen from Jimmy Neutron Edition as he went head-to-head -head with the Lakers and ended up losing, uh, even though he played played big for a rookie in Miami. Um, you lit it up. I'm here with Kyle Beats in the studio. How's it going, Kyle? What's up, dude? Glad to be back. A uh, long time since we've been together and got a lot to break down and discuss here. Fantastic Jimmy Neutron reference. That, of course, is uh, referring to Duncan Robinson, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. What's funny is um, he he had an interview. I think it was with the sideline guys on uh, on Instagram where they were saying that, or he was saying that the Lakers were chanting at him and calling him Jimmy Neutron and not Sheen. So I don't know if they just got confused or if they think that he just looks like some generic white cartoon or what. <laughs> but uh, I think he looks significantly more like Sheen than Jimmy Neutron. Dude, that is fantastic. I never actually thought about that, but I'm looking at it right now. That is incredibly he accurate. Just like him, bro. But he, he really did play well. I mean, I don't think you can ask for much more out of, you know, out of your rookies. And, you know, I guess we'll just dive into it because last time we spoke, uh, you know, we were at the beginning of the finals. We, we made our selections. Uh, I believe you ended up being correct with Lakers in six. I had Lakers in five. Um, so we got a lot to break down here, dude. But, like, I want to talk about how impressed I was with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Um, as rookies to step into that role and score and have meaningful buckets. And they struggled in spurts, but they were really, really hot in spurts and kind of showed you that, like, poor man's – or I don't even want to say poor man's. That feels like a disservice, like a baby Stephen Clay, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I've, I've said that from the beginning. I think that they're going to be the next Stephen Clay. So um, it, it's, it's really – the thing about the Heat is – I said that about those two guys, but I also said coming into the playoffs is first-round exit, they have way too much scoring from their rookies, which included Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and to a lesser degree, None. Kendrick Nunn, but he was big. He, Remember, he was he was supposed to be great. In, uh, at, he was supposed to win Rookie of the Year early on before John Morant really started balling out. Um, so he played he played really well in the series, too. But he, he struggled a little bit on percentages through the playoffs. Like He wasn't what he was in the regular season. I thought... I thought Hero and Robinson, who were not as good in the regular season, were better in the playoffs and showed that like their upside's higher. But ultimately, they all three played really well you know, for rookies in that spot against that team. So let me throw this at you. Um, tell me what you think on this, because I'm, I'm, I'm still formulating in, in my mind. But I think Kendrick Nunn played exactly how you expect a rookie to play in the playoffs, and Tyler Harrow did not play how you expect a rookie to play in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think none would be like an acceptable performance for this, you know, 15 point per game rookie where Harrow exceeded expectations. And it wasn't necessarily all statistical, even though he had, he had some big games. Um, he had some some bad shooting games, too. Yeah, he but had a big it was shot just after a big shot, though, too. Yeah, it was, it was just the mindset. It was just the, you know, that's just it was just the freaking confidence of, you know, a Kobe or an AI level score. Right. Absolutely. And he's 20 years old, and he's just pulling up with, with no fear. And I do think that matters. And, I mean, he's a little limited athletically, but he's got pretty good handles. He's taller than you think. Um, and I honestly think he's going to be a pretty damn good player. I, I don't think he's going to be an all-star necessarily, but I think he's going to be, like, one of those sticky good role players. Like, like Draymond is really a super glorified – Role player. Yeah, I don't think Hero has – like, let's talk about – I don't think he's going to be a, a superstar. He might make an all-star team, um, but I don't think he's going to be a star. I think he'll be a perennial all-NBA player. Wow. Okay, no. I, yeah. I disagree. Yeah, I mean, compare him to what Steph looked like when he first came in the league. Sure. And, and I will say that the game has evolved significantly – significantly since Steph came in the league because of how good Steph got and it it appeals more to a hero now but look at what he did against and throughout the entire series he came in being known as a pull-up jump shooter he was hitting floaters he hit floaters over Anthony Davis his arch around the rim was stupid yeah yeah and he has for lack of a better term he has huge balls right he doesn't shy away from the away from the um spotlight he's he just he has everything to me that looks like 
this guy is the next great scorer in the league, the next great Steph Curry in the league that's going to extend the range way out. Um, he has a beautiful shot. He can pull up. He hits spot-up shots. He can pull up going left and right, has floaters. He's not athletic. You're right. He doesn't play above the rim, but he's really crafty. I honestly really like him and think that moving forward, he will be a perennial all-NBA player. You would take him over Duncan Robinson for sure in a heartbeat. Absolutely, yeah. And okay. only because... I think that I think Tyler has too. a better chance of a better chance of being great offensively. I think that yeah. I, I think that they're pretty pretty both pretty negligible on defense. Yes. Duncan's bigger, but he's just not fast, you know. Yeah, we're strong. Yeah, we're strong. Two, two key two key you know assets there, but he does play hard. Um, I do I do think Tyler's the right pick out of those guys for sure. But I think maybe what I said about Tyler is more accurate about. Uh, uh, sorry. More accurate about uh, Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I, yeah, he's a glorified role player, right? And he's gonna be he's gonna be one of those sticky glue guys, kind of like Draymond Green or uh, you know Boris Diaw or one of those guys that's always just a key player in you know important series for championship teams. I just don't think that he's gonna exceed to that level. I guess I can get there with here. I can see what you're saying. I think there's a better chance he makes one all-star team than 10 though. Yeah, 10's pretty high. I would say I would say probably 5 or 6. And I don't know Eight. if he'll make it. I don't know if I could see him making an all-NBA team. Yeah, I I, I definitely think he will even if it's just a third. Um okay. I don't know if he'll ever be a first all-NBA, all-NBA, but I think that he will be a perennial all-star and a perennial maybe even third or second team all-NBA. Duncan Robinson, I could see being as lethal on the offensive end as Clay. He will never, probably never be the defender that Clay is. No, definitely not. But that, I mean, that's kind of why we have him as, uh, you know, Steph and Clay, the Splash Brothers light, really, is right. what it is. And I would be very surprised that, I mean, I do think that Tyler Hero's ceiling could be like Steph Curry's. I don't think it'll happen, but I, sure. I think that his ceiling is up there. You think he could score 25 points a game in the league? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think eventually he could. Okay, so obviously huge win for LeBron, and we're going to talk legacy and all that later. Um, I do want to ask you, though, I mean, like, do you think the right team won? Like, do you think the Lakers were the best team in, 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 you know, a normal 2020 where there's, you know, home and away and series go however they would, that the Lakers were still going to come out on top? Yeah, I mean, you're talking to the guy that picked them from day one and then picked them again as we entered the playoffs in the sure bubble, right? Consistent. Yeah, yeah. And we just gave you shit for that time after time, which is an emotional hedge for me, quite frankly, but it's just really the, the way to do it because if I load up on the Lakers and they get beat by Portland in the first round, you know, you're going to have to send a search party. But I do think, I do think the right team won. Uh, I, I think they were the most consistent team. Best duo in the league. I don't think that's really debatable. And the bench stepped up and hit shots when they needed to. They struggled at, at points, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vogel. Dude, I I said at the beginning whenever they whenever they hired Vogel, they got so lucky that I can't even remember what happened to Ty Lue. I remember the story that I made up where he got his foot stuck in a Gatorade uh, container and couldn't come in, but I can't remember what actually happened. That's become my reality. That's what actually happened. His hand was stuck in a candy jar. He couldn't make it into the uh, into the office for the interview, but they got so lucky when they hired Vogel because Vogel is twenty times the coach that Ty Lue is. And dude, you can see it in that chess match that he played with with Eric Spolster. I think Game Five, instead of having LeBron guard Jimmy Butler, because what was happening is they were doing a um, Eric Spolster would throw them into a pick and roll with backside motion offense where they could just throw it over. He had Anthony Davis guard Jimmy Butler. He said. Big, our big rim protector is going to go guard Jimmy Butler, and I'm going to trust him. And if they try to screen, we're just going to switch and have a rim protector on the backside helping on that backside, uh, those backside picks for the shooters. And it was, like, brilliant. And Spolstra, Spolstra, dude, one of the top five coaches in the league couldn't beat that. Yeah, he wasn't really sure what to do with that. I thought they uh, really responded to the zone very well at the beginning of the series and showed that that wasn't going to be able to, to work against them. And you know, I, I do think that the Lakers team, they have some questions to answer in this offseason, but I just think that they were a really versatile team that could run a lot of different lineups out there. Um, and, you know, if, when they want to run that small ball and put AD5 when he 
you know, if you play there reluctantly, but it makes a lot of sense. Put 80 at the five, LeBron at the four, and then you basically just got, you write, you know, three athletic guys out there. I mean, or shooters. That's a tough lineup to deal with. And I just don't think that, you know, and I give Vogel credit. I think Vogel deserves credit. I think he's a good coach and I, he deserves the job, even though he wasn't the first one offered it, I don't believe, or wasn't the first guy that they wanted. Yeah, Spolstra couldn't have done anything. Like, I think you could have given that Heat team to pop and that he wouldn't have been able to figure that out. I just think it was too hard of a puzzle to solve for any I, coach. I agree. However, I do think that another coach could have lost that series if they were on the Lakers. Well said. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. I agree like, with that. Like, Coach Bud would have lost that shit. They would have <laughs> yeah. gotten swept by the Lakers. He would have been like, Heat. LeBron, 29-minute uh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're going to run AD at the three a little bit, see how that goes. God, uh, dude, I can't. I'm still just like, how does Giannis that dude have a job? There, refuse to play Giannis more than 30 minutes and in series clinching games doesn't make any sense yep. to me. And I mean, yeah, I, I can't. I can't wait to to talk free agency and you know where Giannis may or may not go in the state of Texas. But um, overall, I, I think LeBron was the best player in the series uh, in terms of controlling the series and controlling the pace of play. Obviously, we know the points, rebounds, and assists are going to be there. He's borderline stat padding, maybe not like at a rust level. Like he's still not going to detriment winning, but he's definitely getting some getting some boards out there. The assists are just him creating plays and not wanting to shoot in double teams, and, and the points are going to come as they will. But his overall stat line, the way he controls the pace of the game, he played some good defense in this series. AD was absolutely the best defensive player in the series, and it wasn't even close. I love moving him on Jimmy, but I, I think LeBron winning the MVP is fair, even though a lot of people would argue AD's defense uh, deserves him to be there. But AD's disappearance at times and, and lack of aggressiveness offensively and rebounding is just – I don't think you could give him the, the MVP, even though he's probably the most talented player when he's playing his best game. Agreed. And the numbers say that that team is significantly better when AD is on the bench and LeBron's on the floor versus when LeBron's off the floor and AD is on the floor. Correct. Um, so I don't know if the MVP voting actually looked at those statistics. I think there was probably a little bit of people aren't looking that deep and seeing those types of things. They're just voting for LeBron. I think there was probably a little bit of that just because he's LeBron James. But I, I absolutely think that he deserved it. If I told you at the beginning of the series – give you two stats for players in the team 29.8 points and 12 boards versus 25 points and 11 boards which would you pick what who, who had what what ad had 28 and 12 lebron at 25 and 11 yeah exactly and it was lebron with 30 and 12 and ad is 29.8 and 11.8 and ad with 25 and 10.7 Damn. Yeah. I mean, there's really no reason for, you know, an AD averaging 11 boards. I'm not going to complain about that, but he, he had a couple of games there, I think with like a two in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, that's unacceptable. Yeah. And he, he's, we said it from the beginning, or I said it from the beginning of the, um, the playoffs, AD looks like he cannot motivate himself. He needs something outside of himself to motivate him. Like in, their first two series, they lost game one because AD sucked in both of those games. Right. And it had to take the critics saying, what's wrong with this guy? They're not going to win. And then he came back with monster performances in game two of both of those series. And he had a few of those. I think it was game three where they were up, uh, if I recall correctly, they were up 2-1. And then he just laid an egg because he can't motivate himself. And they lost because of it, if I'm right. Yeah, he was minus yeah. 26 that night. Yeah, dude, look at this shit. 15 <laughs> points. Uh, five boards, three assists, minus 26 on the night. Um, LeBron was minus four with 25, 10, and eight. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just LeBron is just a model of consistency at this point, and I think you have to reward that. You're right. He was going to win the award no matter what. They were going to give it to him, but what I'm trying to say is if you just look at – if you really I, like I told you before we started this, I watched all but maybe 10 to 12 minutes of game time, like maybe yep. a quarter in like – LeBron was the most consistent. There were some, there were a couple of like, oh shit, old man moments where he looked a little out of control and, you know, loses balance. But he's a 265 pound guy. Like his first steps, a half step slower, but the mind is evolving. The shot is getting better. The three point shot was certainly there um, in game five and was decent throughout the series. He, 
I mean, I'd say he's got two more years of peak left for sure. I didn't see any drop off between this year and last year. <laughs> no, I saw none. Um, There's a drop off is... athletically from 2013, but he's stronger and he's a better shooter. So he's yeah, and he's better shooter is a big deal. I think he's more crafty, has a better basketball IQ. I, there are going to be some old timers that say that Larry Bird's still the best passing small forward of all time. I don't even think yeah. it's a question anymore. It's, I think yeah, that it's I mean, not even a, not even in the same ballpark. LeBron might be. Uh, I'm getting a little. I think I'm my dad would say he's a better here. passer than than Bird, and that's basically sacrilegious. That's saying a lot. Your dad has John Havlicek in his top five, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just all Celtics. Yeah, um, that's saying a lot. Uh, I I want to say the past two years, and especially that that Warriors that win against the Warriors in the finals, he might be the best passer of all time. I, I still think that's probably a little blasphemous to say. I think Magic's up there and Stockton's up there, obviously. But, man, he's in. He's he's on the Mount Rushmore, I think. He's the best 265-pound passer, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he might not be the best passer of all time. That's that's tough. But I think he's on Mount Rushmore, though. He's definitely not considered enough and best offensive player of all time because if you ask that question, you're going to say Jordan, Jordan Durant, Kareem. But when you think about offense, that's offensive rebounding, that's creating plays, that's controlling tempo, that's scoring. Like We've, LeBron's like, yeah, LeBron's not as good of a scorer. He's like 27 for his career. I mean, I think that's the same as KD. He is the greatest offensive engine of all time. There's never been a player that you can put on a team, any team, and they're immediately a contender the way that he is. Yeah. So... Yeah, I definitely think the MVP, you know, it adds to the resume, looks nice. So that's what, four finals, four finals MVPs, four total MVPs? Yeah. Okay, still behind Michael on everything, so. Yeah, what I will not, say is behind great. Michael on two final or two NBA championships, two finals MVPs, and a regular MVP, which is a Hall of Fame career. You're still a Hall of Fame career behind Michael Jordan, which is insane, dude. Um, but I think a lot of that does have to, does have to do with Michael was never villainized the way that LeBron was when he went to Miami. And it's stupid that he didn't win any MVPs in Miami. Did he? That's, yes, he did. He won one. He didn't win one in the year that Derek Rose won one. That's what it was. Yeah. He, he should have won that year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. He's also Bulls never won a record, player of the year, which is absurd, dude. That Miami LeBron was the, maybe the most defensive pl influential player of all time. Yeah, he like, covered more ground than anybody on defense ever. Like, his team defense was unreal. Like, he was just running from side to side. But, uh, yeah, he got stubbed on it that year. Uh, Gasol won it. And, you know, Gasol was second team all, all defense. Yeah. And LeBron Didn't brought that up. First this year. team all, all defensive vote. Yeah. LeBron could have won an MVP this year, but, you know, could have, would have, should have. I mean, that's fine. Like, I think LeBron's still going to have, uh, you know, there's probably 20% of people that could be swayed on the argument, anyways. Like, 40% or, you know, 50% are in the Jordan camp, 30% in LeBron camp, and 20% are undecided. Like, those other 80% aren't going to move. But to Agreed. me, I have Jordan 1 still, and I know you don't. I think you, you still got Braun, but I got Jordan 1, but the the it's the gap is closing rapidly. And, I, and the fact that LeBron still looks like he's peak and arguably the best player on the planet, undoubtedly top three, then I, I think there's a chance he adds to that resume. Yeah, and, and what I are their odds for next year? Like, I, I don't see why they couldn't repeat. There's going to be four or five teams, maybe. I think they're the early favorites. Yeah, I'll pull up the futures while you make your point. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you even in year 36, he's going to be 36 next year. Correct. If you gave me, if you said you have to win a championship next year, pick your player. It would be LeBron James. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I you'd think, be, so. I think you'd be. The only other argument would be Luca or Giannis. But, mm. but I, I, I'm not putting Giannis on that list because of the glaring holes in his game as far as being able to stretch the floor. And I I'm think I take AD over Giannis now because of the ring. Uh, there is a learning. I can, I, I can see, I know what I you're can saying. see that. I can see that. I, I don't think that like the LA, like Giannis on that Pelicans team. I think does more than AD did. Okay, but I, I'm not. I don't hate your argument. I don't hate it. 
And I, I well, because that's would a be okay this that. is a different AD now, right? Like he's won a championship. I think even though he's shown, you know, some mental weakness and shown some ability to disappear, he's shown flashes of absolute Hall of Fame greatness, like all timer talent. And the fact that he's now won one, been under LeBron's wing for a year, I think if I'm gonna, if you're, if your question is, I need to win a championship next year, we're redrafting the entire league. I would go LeBron one. I would go Luca two. Yeah, I like the. I definitely like the Luca too. Um, I don't think he's in the same breath as LeBron because listen, like LeBron takes takes defensive possessions off. We all know that. Yeah. But when you have to get a stop, it's absolutely LeBron. Yeah, yeah over for sure. But that's darn why near, Luka, darn near Luka everybody in the league. I agree. I agree with that. I, I still think he can really turn it up defensively. Yeah. Um, I would probably go. I would probably go Kawhi three, AD four, and you're going to call me crazy. And this is something I, I had written down that I want to talk to you about. Is I would go Jimmy Buckets five based on what I just saw. I thought you were going to say Jimmy Neutron as in Duncan Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> He's six. Um, man, I don't know if I hate it. I don't know if I hate it. I don't think I've ever seen a player mold himself to what he needs to be as well as Jimmy Butler just did throughout that entire series. Um, Jimmy Butler was just absolutely fantastic through all, through the entire playoffs. Like we saw, we saw games where he scored 12 points and had, 10 boards and 11 assists. We saw, we saw games where he just, all he did was play defense. And then we saw games where he dropped 25 to 30 points. So I don't think I've ever seen a player that did quite as well in regards to just molding himself to what the team actually needed from him. He, he was fantastic throughout the entire series. And I had questions about Jimmy Butler before going into play, this playoffs, specifically because of the way that he left the Timberwolves and then the way that he left the Sixers. I don't think anybody has questions about Jimmy Butler and how great he is now. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, you're not alone in that camp, right? Like a lot of us were thinking Jimmy Butler's an asshole, including myself. Uh, I thought he was still a good player, you know, top 20, 25. And that maybe top 15, that's where his talent is. But like after this series, it's like, no, that's like a top 10 to 12 guy for me. And it's just because what I saw from that series in that series, like, I mean, you kind of said it, like he took, he took a couple of games over. He went toe to toe with LeBron. He was not scared. He played elite defense and he was efficient. And I mean, I just, I don't think you're going to get that out of other guys that maybe have more talent. Like call me crazy, but I don't think you're going to get that out of like, Bradley Beal or or Devin Booker or somebody like that. No, I don't think that Bradley Beal has the passing prowess. I don't think he has the defensive prowess. He also can't pull down 10 boards a game like Jimmy did in some of those series. Um, uh, Jimmy's just all around. There are very few players that can mold themselves to any role on the court. Jimmy's one of them, except for maybe three-point shooter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think that's really going to get a whole lot better, but... yeah. I mean, I would I would rank Jimmy over a lot of guys just from what I saw out of that series. Um, let me ask you this. Would you max Bam? Max or Super Max? Do they have to give him the Super Max? He's coming off his they rookie deal. They don't have to. Yeah, you, a max for him, I don't know how it would break down. It would probably be one of those five for 180s, five for 190s. Uh, I think that's a Super Max. I would think five for... Wow, no, no, that's not a super max. That's what like uh did Ben Simmons get that's what Ben Simmons got, that's what Jamal Murray got. Devin Booker, all of them got like around that number. That's like 38 38 million. That's a super 30, max. 36, 38, yeah. yeah that's a super max, right? Well, you're uh, paying five for one eighty, let me ask you that. <laughs> five for one eighty? Yeah. Nah. Okay. Uh, there, dude. There's like five players in the league that I would give five for one eighty. Would you pay five for one twenty five for Fred Fred Van Vliet? Did I say that? Yeah, you said twenty five. No, I didn't, I didn't say that. You said twenty five a year. What? You said twenty five a year. That's what that breaks down. I said twenty a year. Okay. Um, I, no, I I wouldn't give him a super max. I think that the list of my super max deals that I would give would be LeBron, Lucas, Steph. Giannis, that's probably my list. That's probably maybe AD. That's probably my full list of supermax deals. I would absolutely max Bam. Are you, are you just off Kawhi now? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't supermax him because he's not one of those players that makes everybody around him better. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's true. I do like, think that 
He was you pretty need, damn good and made Toronto a lot better last year. You need to be able to put to fill a five man. Yeah, he did. But that team is. I mean, that team almost won the East this year. You need to be able to fill a five man mm-hmm. roster after a super max happens with like that with with a one more super max. You have to fill out five more. So which means that you're going to be rolling out some shit players on the on the bench. So you have to have a player that can absolutely just be the offensive engine. Whenever he's on the court, you have to be plus plus 20 on the year. Right. So and well, I, I don't think that Kawhi true. is one of those guys. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I, di- I disagree. I would still I would still super max Kawhi. I'm not off Kawhi. I think he's in that conversation for best player in the world for sure. Yeah, and and really like for for me that didn't change from minute one of this season to now. I was sure. saying that before, and that he he's not he's not as offensively as gifted as LeBron or Luca or um maybe even Giannis, like he'll go and get you a bucket, but he doesn't have the same gravity that Giannis has because how does he get buckets by doing post-ups and fadeaway jumpers and pull-ups and uh, things like that. He's not, he's not as, uh, he doesn't have as much gravity as those guys. I will say that he can score better than Giannis, but Giannis has proven to be a better passer. Um, Defensively, I think you're exactly right in that he's probably the best Darrell Rivas in the league. Like if you want to shut down like one single person to yep. stick anybody, it's probably Kawhi. Um, but he doesn't have the defensive awareness that LeBron has or that Giannis has. He's not a floor general on the defensive end. He doesn't really, talk enough to be a floor general on the he's defensive. He's not really end. on the offensive end either, and I no. think that's that's the bigger criticism. But yeah. I'm not going to get too off of Kawhi for a pretty bad game seven and meltdown. But I'm not I'm not going to fade him too hard. I think there's still going to be you know, right in the mix next year. Dude, the West is going to be fucking loaded. I got the futures pulled up for you, but like you just kind of think about like, okay, you know, healthy Golden State, presumably with the second pick. You got Denver still. You got the Clippers still. Of course, the Lakers. You got to think Luke is going to keep improving and Dallas is going to try to make their team better. I mean, Utah, you know, they weren't even healthy. You know, Conley was hurt. They're getting Bogdanovich back. Like Portland's going to, you know, be right there. There's seven good teams right there. Bro, MPJ could be really good next year too. Right. Would you would you super max Jokic? Yes, I think I think you have to. It's really close. It's borderline. I don't love the conditioning. I don't love some of the playoff performances. But like, if I look at the overall package, like that's just me nitpicking. If I look at the overall package, yeah, I super max him. I, I think I'm in that same boat too. When you said Denver, I was like, oh man, I might super max Jokic because. He's one of those players where you stick him on a team, you instantly have an amazing offense. Jokic or Murray right now for five years? Jokic. Jokic. For the next five years. Not even a question. Yeah, Jokic. Not even a question okay. for me. Defense, they're a wash. Jamal Murray or Tyler Harrow? Jamal's only 22. I know, dude. That's a tough one. Um, I- I'm going Jamal. Yeah, he's more proven. I mean, and it's just proven in the playoffs. Like Tyler, Tyler had some stones on him though, dude. During that, well, he during the playoffs this year, in the same series twice. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely Jamal. My bad. Okay, so let me give you, uh, give you NBA futures for next year. I'm just gonna, I'm probably give you like the top 10, 12 here. So, yeah, Lakers at plus three fifty. And you kind of react, tell me what you think about that. Like, if you think it's crazy, I think it's pretty fair. Like, Clippers plus 400, Bucks plus 650. That's, you know, assuming Giannis is still going to be there. I would short the shit out of that. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're flipping that. Because um, I don't think you can't do derivatives here. Um, yeah. Plus 12 for plus 1200 for Boston and Golden State. I think that's a good value for Golden State. Um, plus 14 for Brooklyn. I'm off that until I see it. Plus fourteen hundred for Miami, and then you got Denver, Houston, Toronto, all at two thousand, and then Dallas at three thousand with, with with the Sixers. I think it's absurd that Denver is below Brooklyn. Absurd. I, that's, that's disrespectful. I mean, unbelievable. Like yeah. that's just assuming KD is like still a twenty-eight point per game score, and that Kyrie is going to be normal. You got a a crackpot in Kyrie, and then a dude that's coming <laughs> off an Achilles. Yeah, like, like look at what happened to Kobe whenever he tore his Kobe was in his prime when he tore his Achilles. Late prime, but he tore his Achilles and it was over. Yep. I don't think it's over for KD. 
uh, you know, there has been actually advancements in five years, as crazy as that is, there has been six years. And I do think that, you know, Katie's a little younger and I think, I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be 80%, 90% of what he was. I've been saying that out of all those, I mean, yeah, I think the Lakers should be plus 350. I'm not sure that the Clippers should be plus 400. I mean, that's assuming they make some moves. I think the best value there for me is I like Golden State at plus 12. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you could probably give me some uh, some Denver at plus, plus 20. I like that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Those are the two best values. Um, worst value there for me is the Bucks. Like, I know this isn't derivatives, but if you could sell that to somebody, I would sell that all day long because you don't even know if Giannis is going to be there. You can in New Jersey, Nevada. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I so if I look at the Lakers for next year, I mean it's going to be interesting. Like they don't have a lot of dudes from this roster on on payroll next year. Like LeBron's there next year at 39. They got to resign AD. AD is an option, right? Like he's going to probably pick that up. But yeah, they're just going to resign him, right? Like they're going to probably come to a long term deal. Danny Green on the books for 15 is not as good as it looked at the beginning of this year. Amen. KCP's got an option at eight. I think he picks that up, but I don't hate that. Like that's he put in some really good minutes for them in the playoffs. I know he was the butt of the jokes in the in the regular season. Yes, he played great in the playoffs. He was better I, than Danny Green in the playoffs by oh, far. For sure, I've been a huge Casey. I've been up and down with Casey because I like KCP as a guy and I kind of like his game, but it's just so ugly when it's not going right. And he's just been inconsistent, and it, it's been what it's been. But I do think he had some great moments in the finals, particularly the, the playoffs. Yes, but the finals in particular in that one game. Um, I'm cool with him picking that up. They're paying Luau Dang five million next year. That's fun. He's not on the team. That's Dude, awesome. I thought he was back in Africa. Hey, they're I, paying thought, him, I thought he was out of the U.S. They're paying him five million through 2022, bro. Like that's just bro. he's just finessing right there. He might I actually think. just be pocketing that and be back in Senegal. <laughs> yeah. That's where he's from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do think that. Avery Bradley picks up five million. I think Javel picks up four two. So I mean, okay, we're starting to kind of build our, our core, right? We got LeBron, we got AD, we got Avery Bradley, KCP, Javel. I do think Avery Bradley makes this team a little bit better. Boogie, like Bradley. Boogie probably not coming back. He's not on the books either. You know, you got Quinn Cook, you got Caruso, uh, who you could still throw Caruso in playoff games. Quinn Cook, not as much. Rondo at a Man, he might not pick up that two six option. He might he might want a little more. It's a player option. So, um, really, aside from that, the only people you got on the books are uh, Horton Horton Tucker, who you know plays at the end of games, and then Kuz. You know, you got to look at: Do you resign Keith? Do you resign Dwight Howard? Do you give Rondo a longer term deal? I mean, probably not going to. I would not. I would think not bring back Jr. Dion Waiters. But I mean, this roster could look. I wouldn't say significantly different, but a little bit different next year. Yeah, I think the the big ones that you absolutely cannot lose here are obviously Anthony Davis, Rondo, probably Caruso. Yeah. Well, Caruso's on contract, not an option, so he's yeah. good. Yeah. Like, I know that he's a main player, but, dude, that guy's the plus-minus king. Like, yeah, his plus-minus yeah. and his defensive box plus-minus is crazy, dude. Yeah, like he's like if you can if he can add a three point shot, then he becomes like a legitimate role player that gets twenty minutes a night, right? Like if he can yeah. be more consistent on his threes. But yeah, his defense is fantastic. He hustles. I think LeBron he likes him. And I think he trusts him, which LeBron doesn't trust a lot of guys. Like I'm just basing that off of like LeBron's terrible body language towards teammates. It's actually like pretty good towards him. Where like he looks like he just wants to like give Kuz a swirly sometimes. But I I, I think. I think Caruso is a good fit for that team. I do think this team will look a little bit different heading into next year, though. I don't think you bring back Markeith Morris. You probably don't bring back Dwight. You might, I, though. I would try and bring back Dwight. I but would, I, I hear that Golden State's trying to go after him. Yeah, that's well, – I think they're going to pay him. Um, yeah. And then just – then you got a lineup of death again. You have five five future Hall of Famers, you know, potentially – or I guess not five anymore, but four for sure in your lineup. Yeah, and, and Dwight Howard has fallen off quite a bit. Actually, he played out of his mind this year, but he is absolutely a future Hall of Famer. Um, oh, yeah, dude, for sure. He won three Defensive Player of the Years. Yeah, he back was the back best back. center for like eight years. He was the second coming of Shaq for like eight years, yeah, in Orlando. Um, he he carried the second best player on that team was Hidu Turkoglu to the, to the finals and got 
obliterated by Kobe's Put Lakers. Some respect but, on Jameer's name. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> My bad. Um, Rashard Lewis was on that team too. Rashard Lewis uh, is a good player. Yeah, he was. He he had a super cool, funky jump shot. But um, yeah, I think I think you you want to get back to White Howard. I don't think he's in. You absolutely need to get him back. But he, the other thing that the, dude, I can't say enough good things about Frank Vogel. They didn't play Dwight Howard at all in Game Six. I think he got like two minutes because they realized that he was getting killed in the pick and roll and, and running up and down the court. Even though in Games One and Two they came out and said we're going to play Dwight significantly more, and they didn't. Um, Vogel did such a good job of adjusting every single second of the way, and he did a great job in letting Dwight know, hey, man, we you have been fantastic for us the entire year, but you're not working here just because of your skill set. It's nothing that you did wrong. And Dwight right. wasn't mad about any of it. And they won a championship because Vogel was able to manage a bunch of big egos and roll out good X's and O's and make adjustments. With Dude, how many coaches in the league can do that? Dude, Less that, than 10? That's what's not talked about enough. Like, yes, Vogel's X's and O's are better than a lot of guys, and I don't believe he's you know a former NBA player, but – Enough can't be said about managing egos. Like that right. is a difficult job to be a manager of those egos. I, and I mean, when you're talking about, you know, LeBron, Rondo, AD, Dwight, like J.R. Smith, you know, that's that's just a lot going on in that room. And he he really had command of it. And you could tell they they liked him and trusted him. And I I mean, I think he's going to be there until LeBron's probably gone. To be honest. Absolutely. And the thing that was cool about Vogel, too, is with Ty Lu, you always kind of got the got the vibe that he was like a buddy or there are there are buddy coaches that are play, quote unquote players coaches. Vogel wasn't like that. And he didn't manage egos by being a buddy. He, he managed egos by the guys respecting them, respecting right. him and respecting him. What he the X's knows that he was playing, respecting his overall game plan because he made the right decisions like Ty Lue was a was a buddy and people respect them because of that. But everybody knew that LeBron was the one running that team. Also, Dwight Howard uh, shot thousand percent from the three point line um, during <laughs> the finals. You bring Dwight over to the Warriors. Do you think they're better than the Lakers next year, based upon how we think the Lakers roster would look? I don't. I, there's too much questions for me in health. I don't know what okay. Clay is going to look like. That's tearing an ACL. Um, who, on a guy that. Is fantastic on the offensive end, but what really sets him apart is the fact that he can lock down defensively. And what sets the Warriors apart is the fact that they have a two guard that can guard three guards and two guards and one guards, you know? Right. So um, I, I don't, I have a lot of questions on their team. Uh, I think that Steph coming back from the injury will be Steph. And yeah, he's, I too. Could, he could be good enough to carry a team, but I have question marks in regards to Clay. Okay. I think I obviously think Draymond there. too, um, just because he's getting older and his game was predicated on athleticism. Right. Let me give you two potential signings that I think could happen. So let's say Golden State gets okay. Okay, we'll throw Golden State out. You're too concerned about health. Dallas signs or trades, excuse me, for Giannis, and the Lakers sign. They just keep that roster we just discussed. They sign Jeremy Grant because they have the the money to do that. I mean. They'd be in the tax a little bit, but it'd be the same salary as this year. Who do you like? Uh, dude, Jeremy Grant on the Lakers would make them pretty damn unbeatable. <laughs> I know. That'd be crazy. But that um, makes it with a healthy KP, healthy Giannis, healthy Luca, you don't think that's enough to take them down? So I'll say what I said at the beginning of these playoffs and probably be proven wrong again if if all this does come to fruition. But um I think you gotta give those guys a year to jail. Like I, I said the Miami Heat rely too much on their young guys. I think in that situation, you would rely too much on a young Luca, who's really only in his third year, who is insanely mature for his age. But we've looked at, we've actually studied on this podcast previously, the prime time for age versus winning a championship. And it's not 25, bro. It's like 30, 31. True. You know, and I, and they would still be in that 25 year old, maybe even less with a, with a, with a healthy KP, Giannis and Luca right. um, versus a four-time champion, greatest, arguably the greatest player of all time, LeBron James. Yeah, we would have to go to that game. That'd be insane. Luca, yeah. Luca over under for age. He's 21 right now, 25 and a half. Does he get a championship before then? 
how LeBron be <laughs> 41? Can he still be the best player in the right. league at 41? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think he gets a uh, – with. think he what, wins one of the next four or five seasons? Yeah, because I think that Cuban's a good GM. I, I think too. he's a loud GM, but I think he's a good one. It's rare that you have that mixture. Um, I think that Cuban will do what it takes to bring in talent alongside of him if KP doesn't work out. If KP and Lucas stay healthy, they'll get a championship before 25. I also okay. think Carlisle's a top three coach. Yeah, I feel pretty good about our situation. What Although they... I have like six coaches in my top three at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they have a lot to offer. But, you know, I, I do think, go back to my original point, I think this Lakers team's going to look significantly or slightly different next year. And I do think that they're going to be in arguably a better position based on the way the contracts kind of shake out. Um, when you On the flip side, when you look at Miami, you know, I, I feel – okay about this but not great they do have the second highest payroll going into next year um still got jimmy on the books you got you got andre on the books for 15 which kind of kind of is tough you got to think Linux gonna opt into 13 9 um but you look at the rest of the team you got harrow on a great deal you, you got harrow and bam for eight million dollars combined i think i'll throw duncan robinson in there because they got a team option at one six so you're going to get those three guys for 10 mil. That's incredible. Yeah, that's insane. They actually do have some money coming off the books. Excuse me. Dragic is coming off the books. Solomon Hill's $13 million deal is off the books. That's like that's you know, huge. That's, that's really Use huge. that money to re-sign Dragic. I, yeah, excuse me. I was looking at this year. They were at 135. The cap supposedly is going to be artificially inflated, but basically they're not going to supposedly like one of the thoughts is they're not going to because no one really knows change the cap um so it's going to be right at i believe 106 or 109 again um they're at 80 million next year so they have the money to sign if not a max guy you know a 25 million dollar contract yeah it's crazy dude i i legitimately think that we're going to see a denver versus miami heat finals in the next five years some Dallas Denver Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, man, Dallas and Denver are just so different. I love watching Denver's offense. I think Denver has the most unique, prettiest offense that I might have ever seen. How often do you see teams running what's called horns successfully, like UCLA, and that's about it, where you have <laughs> two big men at the top of the key on, on, uh, free throw line extended or on the corners of the free throw line and guards cutting around them. That's super weird. Um, and I, I like it a lot, but, uh, that, and then Dallas, you have that heliocentric offense. that's all just built around Luca, um, and how, and his greatness. And then you run, run backdoor cuts in the, on the off side of that. But um, you can be successful with that, with a good Robin to your Batman and, and shooter shooters and defenders. Like we've just seen that recipe with like, LeBron for six LeBron. years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, I mean, I just, I, I, I think, I think you make a great point, Denver. I think Denver and Dallas, you know, three to five years down the road, or those are the teams we'll see about New Orleans. I know that's the thought, but that's a that's a TBD for me for sure at this point. Um, I don't think the Clippers and Lakers are going anywhere for the next two years, though. I think those are going to be the teams. And I, I, I hate to say it, dude, but as good as even if Giannis decides to stay in the East, as good as I. You know, I think Tatum and Brown are and the Celtics upside. I, I believe in Toronto and Nick Nurse and, you know, the, the GM there. I just don't think a, a team's going to win based on what we're looking at right now and how the rosters are constructed. A team from the Eastern Conference is not going to win a championship for like seven years. I just think the West is so loaded. Like going into next year, I think Golden State, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavs are arguably like my top five of my top seven teams, six teams. Yeah, agreed. Um, what I do think could could happen um, is – let me pull up the trade machine. Uh, I think that Milwaukee <laughs> needs to get rid of Eric Bud, so I think they need to get rid of Coach Bud too. Is that contract movable? It's like, what, eight, 17, 18 mil? Yeah, I think you uh, package him and maybe another player, maybe another young player like uh, – uh, there's one that I'm thinking of specifically. Um, Connaughton or DiVincenzo? Connaughton was who I was thinking thinking yeah. of. Um, Bledsoe 
whoops. Let me try and work this right now. Let's go Bledsoe and maybe Connaughton for uh, Bradley Beal. Can you go get that? Nah, no, no way. You have to throw in like two first. Yeah, well, I mean, you you obviously add first. Okay. Uh, you add first and then and pick swaps and stuff, but that immediately makes them a favorite in the East and maybe in a, even a favorite in the entire league. I no, I don't think so. I still would. I would still take all those Western Conference teams over them. To be honest, dude. Eric would, Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez for Bradley Beal. Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez plus a first, maybe a pick swap for Bradley Beal. Um, and that's... Uh, I don't hate that trade, but I don't like it. It's, it's successful. Because it doesn't solve your... Like, Eric Bledsoe and John Wall, dude, that's a fucking problem. You don't well, want that in your backcourt. The thing is, you, what you do is you... Brooke Lopez is only on a one-year deal, so you immediately get $13 million off the books for, for Washington versus the $27 million that you're playing for Bradley Beal. And what you're, you're not trying to package somebody with John Wall to win here with Washington. You're trying to blow it up. Yeah, that's true. But I think what you do is you, if you're Milwaukee, you just, I think they're not going to do this. And I think you're going to disagree with this take because you do everything you can to keep Giannis, but you pet, you just, you sell Giannis for the farm, just like new Orleans sold AD. And you know what? Good for both parties. Cause AD won a finals and he's going to flourish in LA but they got a lot back for him, dude. They got two good players, a bench player, and five picks. Like, that is worth it because they weren't going to win anything with just AD and nobody else was going to sign there. Washington, you know, I, their, their situation's fucked. Like, that John Wall contract, you have to package it with Beal and take less picks. It's the only way to get rid of it. Um, but I just think Milwaukee should move Giannis and know that he's going to leave after this year. I don't think you're going to win a championship. I mean, if they think, hey, we're going to win it this year, then fuck it. Yeah, I guess try to go win one championship and let Giannis walk. But I would I would mortgage next season or just sell Giannis and be bad next year and get seven picks for him. Yeah. Um, if I was the Bucks, I would sit down in a room with Giannis and say, Giannis, we we drafted you. We care about you greatly, and I want to do what's right for you. If what is right for you means trading you because you're going to leave soon, then I will absolutely make that happen. But if you want to stay here, I will do whatever it takes to stay here. Because right now, you're legitimately talking about, do you sell Jordan or LeBron for the farm? Like That's what we're talking here. I, I, I've said it from the beginning. Or He's never made a final by himself, though. But he had neither a Jordan at this age. Um, okay. We neither neither LeBron. Well, yes, actually, LeBron yeah, had it. LeBron he, did he it dragged that dog ass Larry Hughes team to the finals. Dude, but, that um, banner was it. You that sent me the or my friend sent me. It was like, how the fuck is this a poster? And it was like a billboard from Cleveland in 07 with that team. And it's like, oh, who are these man. homeless guys in Cavs jerseys? God, dude, it's it's in that guy. That guy's a solely for dragging that team to the finals. Yeah, jeez. Um, but yeah, like. Jordan had never won a, even gotten even stiff to fight. He had gotten another first round at Giannis's age. He was beaten beaten by the Pistons every single time. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not ready to write Giannis off as never going to win a championship. Um, oh, I think that Giannis, and I've said it for two years now, Giannis has the potential to be the greatest player of all time. So I do think that you're talking about shipping for the farm a potentially greatest player of all time. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. He's back-to-back MVP, and he's 25, 26. So, yeah, I mean, that's – I'm not there. He's got to be a shooter. He's a better shooter. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I feel about the same way as you do about Giannis. So, but we'll see, man. I just – I think that team has no chance of beating, you know, the Lakers. Like, can, can they beat the Heat next year? I, like, I told you going into that series, they were in trouble. Oh yeah, yeah, you did, you did, you called that really well, and I, I thought, no, not a chance, dude, not a chance. The Heat are going to beat them. Because um, you're just, you're looking at talent, you're not looking, at, you're looking at Giannis, and you're not looking at the team around him, and like, Coach Bud was hiding Coach behind Bud, Giannis. Yeah. He was cowering behind Giannis, and I was only seeing Giannis. Okay, if they make that trade though, I should be a GM, dude. How are we not GMs yet? If they make the trade, Eric Bledsoe and Brook Lopez for Bradley Beal, do they win a championship? No, no way. So like they have Middleton, Beal, and Giannis. 
Like, dude, I, I would only feel fifty percent confidence level they would get out of the East, and like ten percent confidence level they would win a finals. Middleton would be the best third option in the entire league. Mm, third scoring option? No. What best third third best player? Third best player argue? on a team in the entire Dray- league. Draymond. N- over Middleton? Yeah. No, you're crazy, bro. Middleton just averaged 20 points on 50, 40, 90. But Draymond will guard Middleton in, in a fucking. But see, that's the thing. Draymond will catch Middleton in the clock. Hold up, hold up, hold up. This is what you did with Giannis playing Miami. I'm just talking about when teams actually play each other, bro. When it, it, those teams played each other, Draymond can shut down Chris Middleton. So. Do you think I, – I would say Chris Middleton could shut out, shut down Draymond, but really all he has to do is leave him open. Draymond shuts so, the fuck down. But, but Draymond makes people around him better, and I think Middleton probably averaged, what, like two assists a game? Uh, I think he averaged five. I think it was he's 25 not, and – He's not going to rebound like that. Like, okay, I, I'd have to think about that. But if you – if you, yeah, I guess you had the third best – you, You've been sleeping player. on my boy Middleton for two years. Hold up. You didn't sleep on him as much last year as you did this year. Um, yeah, dude, he averaged 21, six and four on, he was, he was legitimately two shots away from 50, 40, 90 on 21, six and four. You know who else has done that? The bird, uh, bird, bird, bird. Well, That's it. he also had multiple single digit games in the postseason, so I'm good. Yeah, that's fair. It's not, um, right? and, and part of the, I, I do think part of that is is Bud. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But nevertheless, Actually, a significant amount of it is Bud. But these, these teams are going to look different, though, man. You know, and it's crazy with like obviously the way they've restructured the timeline for the league, which is still TBD, right? Like we're going to start somewhere between January and March is the is the thought process. But you know, it's been talked about at length that only like two or three teams can really make money off the of TV deals, maybe four or five off local. And, but you, you need fans in the arena. So it's going to hopefully, you know, if we're optimistic here, be January to March, if, if things can continue to get a little better, but, or at least be at partial capacity or something, I don't know. But I, I just, I think uh, with free agency coming up right around the corner with, like I said, the restructuring of the timetable, I really think that these teams are going to look significantly different. And I'm excited for some of these moves, dude. Like, I want to see – I kind of just want to see, like, four or five super teams. I know that's kind of crazy, but that's what I want to see. If there are four or five super teams, are any of them super teams? I think We're so. Deep philosophy. We'll now. have to draw a line at, at some <laughs> point, but I think I think you could have five super teams. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that we're, we're seeing more and more talent flood the NBA. That That's why. It, it's really hard to tell who's going to be good because you go, man, that guy's got – that team's got three killers on it too. You know, and it's the Grizzlies or something. Maybe yeah. not that far. Maybe not that far. But so let's. Uh, I want to. I do want to transition back a little bit, real quick to the series. And you know, obviously, Game Six was just the Lakers. You could tell we're going to win that game five minutes into the game. Defense was fucking incredible. Jimmy was gassed. The team was gassed. You know, Dragic being out is a big deal. Like, I think this is a big different deal. series with Dragic healthy, with Bam 100%. I think this is a tougher series. It may only go six games still. I, I still think the Lakers win, but it's just a different series, I think. Because um, the some of the games the Lakers won were very commanding, aside from the last, you know, the AD shot. But I really, really think that game five is one of the best final games I've seen in my lifetime. Um I would say game seven, 2016, even from an object, you know, a, a objective standpoint, not being a LeBron fan. I think that was one of the best just sporting events I've seen, but this game five of this series was probably top two or three finals games for me. Yeah, dude, it was, it was fantastic. I hate, I dude, I, I hate the media when it comes to basketball. How much? How did you feel about LeBron not taking that shot? I mean, you know how I felt. Like I don't need to sit here and say, "Oh, it's the right play." Like Jordan would have taken the shot. LeBron, LeBron makes the right play. Yada yada yada. Typical media bullshit. It's like, like really go back and watch it. Like all five of the players, all five of the defenders are on the baseline. Like all five are on the baseline, or like four and a half. 
But he when he passes it to Danny Green, it was a little off, still a above average pass. When it hits Danny Green and relatively close to the pocket, no one's outside of the paint. By the time he releases it, the closest guy's like six, seven feet away. That's a shot Danny Green makes in his sleep. That's the right play. Now, if that was a pass out to fucking, you know, Dwight Howard or Rondo, even though Rondo was shooting well, like that, that would be a little bit more of an issue for me. But you can't just, he didn't even have a shot. You can't just force that shit up and saying, oh, well, Jordan would have taken that shot. It's like, well, he would have actually been in the free throw line because it would have been illegal defense in his era. So it's, and I'm not taking a slight at Jordan. Jordan probably would have made those free throws. He probably would have made that shot because he wouldn't have got double teamed. It's just a different game. Agreed. 100%. We're criticizing a guy who was triple teamed for passing to a two-time champion who's arguably one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. Definitely one of the greatest finals three-point shooters of all time. One, the Spurs of finals on a, on a three-point shot, I believe. Um, we're, we're criticizing him for that. This is the same thing that happened whenever LeBron James passed to Donyon Marshall. You remember, I think they were playing the uh, the Magic that's yes, I do no, remember. They were, that. they were playing Detroit. I'm sorry, they were, playing, they were Detroit. playing Detroit. I think that was oh, man, 2007. Oh seven. That was yeah, the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. But I, I do want to point out that's how the, much the league's evolved. Is his option has gone from Danielle Marshall to Danny Green, which is nice. Yeah. The shooting options are a little better. 13 years later. Yeah. Jeez, dude, I can't. Yeah, I can't believe that. <laughs> I, I'm watching it right now. It was Anderson Vergeau set a pick for him at the top, <laughs> looking like sideshow Bob. And then he got he was triple teamed here and passed it to Daniel Danielle Marshall in the corner, and he took major heat because everybody said, "Uh, Jordan would have just pulled up and shot a shot a fadeaway." It's like, all right, man. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you. And I think that's more debatable at, at that time frame based on how the game was still played. But, like, now, dude, that's the right play every time, and we know it. Like, passing it to the one of the best shooters of all time, one of the best three-point shooters of all time, is the right move. And I was – I mean, I was a little mad at Danny Green in the moment, but it's like, you know, this is – we're going to get this done. Like, I wasn't worried about it once it was 3-1. Yeah. It was – it was – was it 3-1 at that point? No. Uh, it was, well, yeah, it was 3-1 and going into game five. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. It's it's insane that he's receiving receiving heat for this. I think if I remember correctly, LeBron is 12 for 24 all time in the playoffs in fourth quarter in OT uh, with the game with the game on the line. Um like in like clutch minutes, uh, or or it might be go ahead baskets in clutch minutes. Yeah, it's like crazy last like that minute where the it's like game time, game leading, or you know. But the the and thing it, with that because I'll argue LeBron is more clutch than Jordan in like the last minute shots. But if you look at if you define clutch as like last five minutes of playoff and finals games, I think Jordan was probably the slightly better player. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about uh, no those stats. Um, I know that Jordan jacked up a significant amount more shots than LeBron would, and he pr- we probably have a bigger sample size in regards to that. But a fadeaway with two people on you is a thirty percent shot, where you kick it out and have a sixty percent shot at making that shot. A wide open three for one of the greatest three point shooters of all the time. That's like a sixty percent shot. It's it was the right play, and honestly, I'm sick of. I'm sick of listening to pundits that don't know their ass from a hole in the ground criticize quite possibly the most or the um the best the highest IQ'd basketball player of all time behind Bill Russell. Yeah, I'm not behind Bill Russell. That's interesting. I don't disagree with that. I just think that's a good take. Magic's up there too. Um and I think I honestly I know this is fucking crazy and early, but I think Luca will be too. Like I think Luca has like top ten potential all time. Like it's exciting. Like we have Luca and Giannis to me are both top ten all time potential type guys, and they're and they're both in the league at twenty five and under. So it's it's for, pretty awesome for completely different reasons too. Right, like completely different play styles. Yeah, right. If you could combine those players, it'd be the best player of all all time right but, now. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I do think I I just think that like I, I'll go back to the point I made earlier. Like you just can't change some people's minds on Jordan. I, honestly, dude. I, I, I'm going to have him probably as the best unless something drastic happens. But, but like, what's your over-under on Lakers winning? Uh, Next year? You know, as far as – or, excuse me, over-under on winning titles with LeBron. Like, 
Maybe LeBron leads the Lakers. Let's go LeBron total titles remaining of the remainder of his career. One and a half. You going over or under? I think he's got one more in him. I wouldn't I think, be surprised if he so got too. two, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he got zero. What's more likely, two or zero? Zero with how stacked. The I think zero. Is. Yeah, I think yeah. zero. I, I hate to say it, but it's just it's just competition. It just comes down to that. And like, right. dude, I mean, we've looked at that graphic, right? I think either I sent it to you or you sent it to me. We just send too many things to each other on Instagram, and not all of them are sports, certainly. But um, that LeBron graphic, where it compared, you know, the players that he's played in the finals versus the players that Michael's played in the finals, which. I understand that's a tough argument because of Aaron. Like, there is a lot more talent in the league now, which I don't think is talked about enough in terms of like giving LeBron credit. But it basically shows, you know, okay, these are the guys that he played that they were either Hall of Famers, uh, Defensive Players of the Year, or All NBA, um, or All Defense. And I mean, if you look at it, LeBron basically played against four guys every year that were either All Defense, All NBA defensive player of the year or in the hall of fame or and most of them were like two or three of those and Jordan never played against more than two. And it, I mean, it just goes to show you like LeBron played against four hall of famers in one series. Jordan played against four hall of famers ever in the finals and LeBron played against that in one series. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. It's, there's so much more talent in the league now. It's, it, the other thing that I think gets overshadowed a lot is the amount of talent that was on Jordan's team. Like those teams were like the set. I mean, they're 72 wins, 73 win Warriors in that Rodman is arguably the greatest rebounder of all time. Maybe I'd put I'd put him up there with Bill, Bill Russell, Russell for yeah. Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain for defense rebounding. Actually, him and him and Bill Russell are. Head to head for me for defense rebounding players of all time. Scottie Pippen was built in a lab to play alongside Michael Jordan and was a top top five player on the, in that league. Um, Horace Grant before he left, when he left and went to Orlando, Orlando gave him the highest paid salary not only of all time, not in the NBA, but of any athlete of all time. That's wild. That's how good he was. Like people forget that how good top fifteen player. Was. Yeah, they signed him because they thought he was the reason why they won the championship. Well, they got there, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just I and I still have Jordan one. I just I think like you know when we try to be biased about these things, which is like I know this conversation is burned to the ground, but. The conversation that's burned to the ground is comparing their play styles and being like, well, I really think, you know, LeBron's more like Magic and Kobe. Like, yeah, we know that. But, like, when you really, like, look at the brass tacks, look at the advanced metrics, look at things like this, it's like, I'm not taking any anything away from Michael Jordan, but he never played against Steph, Clay, Dre, and, and KD. He just didn't. And, I mean, even, like, you look at the OKC, OKC team that had, you know, Russ, KD, Harden, and surge and that's three mvps on one team yeah i mean it's just it's unreal dude like you know you go back to 07 three hall of famers two all defensive players defensive player of the year and a first team all nba he's playing against and then you go to like all right let's see who jordan beat oh he had you know oh jordan played five all respects to Clyde drexler Clyde drexler and that's it you know, like there was nobody else that did anything on that team that was all NBA, all defense, all anything. Right. So it's like, dude, I, I don't know. And, you know, people say, oh, there's more depth in the league now, right? That's not necessarily true, though, because look at the team. Look at the teams LeBron had when he was playing against these other guys. Yeah. Nobody else. Nobody else was, you know, really Hall of Fame status except uh, Wade and. I don't know if you could throw Kyrie in that conversation I, yet. Yeah, I think they had Anton Jamison guarding Tim Duncan. Like yeah. a washed up, washed Anton Jamison. Not 50 point in, in Washington, Anton Jamison. Washed one guarding Tim Duncan. It's just like... Joel you know, Anthony added, averaged 30 minutes a game. That's a problem. Joel Anthony? 30 <laughs> minutes a game in the 2013 finals. Yeah. And that, that's, that team was good. That team was good, but the Cleveland team specifically... Yep, I, I do think so. 
to answer your question though, I, I would definitely take the or my question, I would take the under on the 1.5 for rings for for LeBron for sure. But yeah, I, I think they should be the favorite head in next year. I'm just really excited to kind of catch up with you guys over the next week and or two and see uh you know how free agency looks like it's gonna shake out, you know, who's gonna become a suitor for who. And you know, I I think Giannis, I think Bradley Beal, some of the guys we talked about here today are the obvious candidates for a trade. Really interested to see, you know. With Philly hiring Doc, are we going to run back, you know, Simmons and Embiid? I think they probably do, but I mean, you, we, I think we're on the same page that you got to trade one of those guys. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think that they'll go anywhere, even with Doc. Uh, Doc, to me, showed that he was not a. I, Doc is. I have this like love hate relationship with Doc's coaching because he looks great. He looked great in Boston. And then he looked great last year in, Clip, in the Clippers. But then this, this year he just laid an egg. No adjustments. Couldn't get his team to – couldn't get Paul George to get out of his own head. you know. And he's supposed to be a player's coach. He's supposed to be good at that stuff. So I, I don't I don't see the Sixers doing much better. Brett Brown was a bad coach. I think Doc's just upgraded. Not a championship coach on that Sixers team. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. The fact that they're – see, they were at plus – 3,000, so 30 to 1, same as Dallas. Yeah, I don't, I actually think Dallas is a better team than Philly, which is, I do too. Yeah. I would have never said that going into next year. Philly, I'll go ahead and remind my listeners um, so you can fade fade my future picks. Uh, I had Philly in the finals heading into the year, which was uh, really bad. And then I had, this is even worse. I had the Clippers and the Bucks in the finals, and they both got bounced in the second round. Yeah, the Clippers won. Uh, I don't think a whole lot of people predicted that. I think you were probably on with a lot of people on the Clippers in the finals. Um, I had them losing to the Lakers um, just because I thought I thought of the size, but I definitely didn't expect them to lose to the Nuggets, even going into the series. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I mean, we'll see what they come back with next year. But yeah, dude, really, uh, really good catching up with you. It was an Really good finals, better than I think we anticipate, especially, you know, after two games. Definitely thinking it's going to be a sweep here. Uh, Miami played an incredible game five, watching Jimmy and LeBron exchange, and I think we got our money's worth. Um, I think the bubble worked really well. I don't think they want to do it again. I don't think they can do it again, but I think it pulled it off for this year. Um, no asterisk next to this for me. It's definitely going to be talked about a little differently, and I think it was easier for some reasons and harder for others, but – uh, I was really happy with the product and, and you know, what the league did, uh, you know, for off the court purposes as well. And, you know, hopefully we can get things popping again early part of next year. Yeah. Well said. All right, man. Well, uh, until next time, we'll see you and we'll, we'll catch up here in a week or so, see what kind of rumors we got. And as we head into free agency, cause it's right around the corner. Definitely. Have a good night, man. All right, man. I'll see you. Peace.